0: it's great to see you, Senator. It's great to see you.
1: Walden Kirsch, Your Honor, welcome to my podcast. I figured that we would begin by uh, explaining why you call me Senator. Yes, that would make sense, wouldn't it,
0: Senator? Sure, let's do it. So um, way back at the dawn of time, I'm thinking in the mid-90s sometime, um, Senator Ron Wyden was in town. For a news conference of some kind. And as you may recall, you were sent on to cover him because you had finished doing the morning show and it was some kind of a morning news conference with Senator Ron Wyden and the rest of the press. So you went down dutifully and covered uh, Senator Ron Wyden's press conference. I don't recall the topic. Anyway, next day, the Oregonian uh, front page above the fold, nice big picture of Senator Ron Wyden and you and other reporters. There was only one slightly weird thing. So the caption said, Senator Ron Wyden, blah, blah, blah. There was only one weird thing. You, Senator, were the most prominent individual in the picture. You could barely see Mr. Wyden. So obviously you were Senator and henceforth, what is is your name, Carl? I've always called you Senator.
1: (laughs) So that's funny because I don't remember that specific.
0: Oh, I remember that. And henceforth, and henceforth, since you sort of retaliated, since I was calling you Senator for some period of time, you decided, well, I've got to have an honorific also. So you bestowed on me uh, um, your honor, although I'm never been mistaken for a judge
1: oh, oh i'm glad we said it that way because because <laughs> i i did not remember the specific i just oh, thought yeah. they were terms of endearment oh no no no, there's other. no
0: endearment here no no you are senator carl click oh
1: <laughs> Wait, that's the best part of this podcast is, is, is sharing that stuff serendipity it, yeah yeah i remember uh throughout the 90s and the 2000s before you left kgw uh, uh i was always there there in the morning uh and yeah. by the way, hi your wife is there. She just got off <laughs> there. Just got off there That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From home. Uh, yeah. you would always arrive early and we would always yep. have discussions yep, that we did. were uh uh theoretical, yeah, philosophical. philosophical. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I was always uh I, I felt as though I was always um yielding to your honor because it's a, a great <laughs> wisdom you always had in those conversations. oh
0: no 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 it was it was a mutual trading of, of, of uh, perspectives on the world uh, before everybody else got in the newsroom and we were just kind of sliding into the day right
1: yeah and, and they were they were invigorating they some of they would be uh, very uh, serious about news coverage and things yeah, like yeah. That. Or, or they would be as trivial as I remember once uh, a consultant filled out some kind of report on all of us, all the reporters, and he and he called you disheveled. Oh, well I, I, I hope so. Which, which for you is a term of endearment. Exactly. Uh, I'd much problem.
0: rather be disheveled than your honor.
1: Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but then we decided. Then the whole discussion of the morning was, if you can be disheveled, can you be shovelled? Shovelled.
0: Ah, of course, that's right. I forgot about that conversation. <laughs> That's right, shovelled. Yeah, you're shovelled. I'm dishevelled, Carl. Okay. You're always shovelled.
1: <laughs> well, I've been doing shoveling out here with the snow. Oh, ah, okay. No shoveling here.
0: I think we also talked a lot, as I recall, in those early morning conversations about risk, because the news business we are always <laughs> blowing up the, you know, the the likelihood of bad things happening. Remember, you and I had an ongoing conversation about how we cover risk in our business. And I, my view, and I think I think we aligned in this is that we in news business made low risk. Events way sound ri- way riskier than they really are, and alternatively, high risk behaviors found seem very low risk. That was one of our ongoing conversational threads, Eric.
1: Huh? Yeah, there, and they're, I've had this discussion with many people. There uh, is uh, always, I wouldn't say erring, but we we would always lean to the uh, uh, a little bit of exaggeration mm-hmm. of what mm-hmm. possibly could happen. Mm-hmm. you know, snowstorms mm-hmm. would, would fit into snow that snow category. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and and I. I you know, that was the nature of the beast. In some of those situations, I I, I didn't feel bad. Like, uh, you know, in when snow snowstorms or went bad winter weather was coming, we would say this could possibly happen. We're going to be ready to cover it if it does. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, you know probably what two out of three times nothing happened and everybody's laughing at us standing out there well
0: except so the footnote you're right the footnote that it is if everybody was called in to cover snow and if there was no snow where we expected it our jobs collectively was to go find snow yeah <laughs> go find snow you're in
1: at four o'clock go find the snow somewhere <laughs> go as far and high <laughs> you know big surprise we're up at timberline and there's yep. snow it's probably yes. not going to affect your drive yep, to
0: work exactly exactly Exactly. But on the other hand, yeah.
1: when, when those events happened, and they did, yeah. uh, like the windstorm of 90, yeah. Uh, yeah. 95 in December and the flood yeah. of 96, yeah. um, we did a damn good job.
0: I, I agree. I agree. Nothing to nothing to be ashamed of.
1: Uh, and I, I, I remember uh, the flood of 96 was when oh, yeah. KGW first really uh, grasped the use of the helicopter. Yeah our news director, Mike Roush, brought into the market. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and we dominated the coverage because of the visuals that we yep. were able to create yep. there just because of some technology of yep. a, gyros- a gyroscope yep. uh, uh, mount for the camera that gave yep. you steady pictures, remember?
0: It was an amazing bit of technology. I recall I did, during the floods in 96, I did many live shots. I was down, I, uh, I think, in Clackamas County, and Larry, or you, I think, Larry, you were up in the helicopter. And we did live shots talking back and forth between me on the ground, the hip waders, and whatnot. and then Lee or Larry, you know, a thousand feet up in the helicopter going back and forth. It was really well, pretty amazing, actually.
1: Great memory, because I remember that too. It was yeah. Larry in the helicopter, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I was on the anchor desk with Brenda. yeah, yeah. And we were having this three-way yeah, conversation yeah, 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 yeah. in the desk, yeah. the field, yeah. and the air. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and the, one of the reasons I know that is I did not fly in that helicopter. Oh, why not? I, um, I'll i tell you, I, I flew in a helicopter for news twice. Oh wow, really. Once was really early on in, in the early eighties, uh yeah. they needed to get me down to Salem to meet a photographer. So and they so, dragged
0: you by the heels into the helicopter.
1: So the the, <laughs> the helicopter was the only transportation. And then one um one weekend I was the on-call reporter and yeah. I came in and snow was a story and they yeah. wanted the helicopter up. Yeah. There, yeah. you know, there were only two reporters and they already yeah. sent somebody to Timberline.
0: Yeah. And so I
1: was it. Um, but I um I don't like helicopters. Uh, I don't like carnival rides, and <laughs> and, and here's the thing is, if I I always wanted the helicopters' number one job was to keep me in the air. Yeah. But I always felt the number one job was to cover the news. Yeah. No matter what, even yeah. if the fuel tank was going down. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I'll tell you though, I. I... I, I, I love flying in a helicopter. I never had any problems with it, in part because I felt safer in a rotary wing uh, aircraft than a fixed wing. And here's, here's the reason why. Some many years ago, back in the 80s, I think I did a story on the um, tuna fishing industry off the Oregon coast, right? And the, the big tuna boats actually offer of helicopters so that go out and spot the tuna uh, schools and yeah. go and fish them. right? Well, here's what's interesting is that um, a helicopter, most people don't realize this, um, if the engine dies, if the, if the pilot is you know worth his name, her name, can autorotate and set right. down gentle as a leaf you, if the engine dies in your helicopter you do not crash if you're doing things right you just set down whereas in a, in a fixed wing you're in big doo-doo you might be able to glide but you better find a runway but the helicopter you know just and that's why actually that's why helicopter pilots always want to make sure they got some forward momentum they hate to hover because if they hover then they have no forward momentum they got to land there but if they've got some forward momentum there are some places they can go so anyway <laughs> i've always felt happy in a helicopter.
1: That is why Walden Kirsch, your honor, uh, was, was such a great reporter. It's your knowledge, your knowledge of just is, is, I always thought I needed to know a little bit about a lot of things. To be the reporter. You know a lot about everything. No, I know nothing about everything. I'm a, I'm a mile wide and an angstrom deep. Um, let's see, uh, you, you grew up mostly in the D.C. area, am I right?
0: I grew up in Washington D.C. and then came out to uh, Oregon in 1974 to go to Reed College. Yeah, and I yeah. pretty and much stayed every, went away to grad school and then came back. Yeah.
1: And did you go? Uh, you reported uh, before you came to Portland. Were you like you were in the Midwest someplace? Yeah, right? I
0: was. I was very lucky. So I went to grad school. Went to Northwestern. Got a master's degree in journalism. Um, got my first job in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. CBS affiliate. there, are an excellent station. You know, excellent station. I was there for uh, eight months, and then I would spent the rest of my career at KGW. Wow. Yeah, a, were you in 1984
1: lucky. into Portland?
0: I joined in 1983 at KJW. Yeah. Okay,
1: because I yeah. was January 83. Okay, I was uh, like October of 83. Yeah, Pat yeah. Cruz and Lori Van Kirk came in the spring of 83. Sounds so about right. You were right after that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then you stayed until when? uh two
0: thousand seventeen years yeah i'm of course i'm nothing compared to you, you had you have 30 right to your name i was right? 20
1: 22 at kgw 22 okay and, of course and, at K2, and yeah. then nine at
0: ktu yeah right yeah no so i bail after only 17 years
1: <laughs> uh and 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 just briefly uh you know unfortunately you lost your dad here to, in last yeah. summer yeah. uh and, and i didn't i didn't know your father but yeah. some of the memorials about him yeah. Yeah. uh he was uh, just a a, a really obviously intelligent, effective engineer, and, yeah. and he was a pioneer in, in uh, digital yeah, uh, transmission he, of images. Yeah, right?
0: Yeah, he he is credited. You know, looking at Wikipedia is credited with the first uh, scanned, digitally created image, which happened to be. Little, you know, diaper-clad, drooling Walden at age six months or three months or whatever. So, yeah, if you look up my dad's name in Wikipedia, is the is story there. He had a very interesting career. It's very, uh, he was a polymath. He knew a lot about a lot of things. He did a bunch of things. And he was a
1: he was a great dad. See <laughs> your dad. A lot about a lot of things. You uh, that's like, fair. You know, so, <laughs> apple
0: don't fall right. <laughs>
1: Uh, so here, here this fun thing about this podcast. At least my gig is what I'm saying, Walden. Is I don't do a lot of research. I just re- go off the top of my head. And if I you, know, wrong, I'm you know that
0: reminds me of Carl. Got to interrupt you there. Um, George, uh, not George Will. Um, Ted Koppel was famous for. And people asked him, "How do you prepare for interviews?" People asked Ted Koppel, you know, one of the greatest interviewers of all time. He said, "I just prepare the first question." Oh first yeah. And everything else flows, which is kind of what we're doing here.
1: Uh, well I have prepared a long list of topics. Uh <laughs> okay. All, uh, all as right. As you know you uh, you know just the helicopter the tuna story that's really um, indicative uh, you, you you didn't have a beat you, no. you 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 covered so many things and they always were you know at the risk of the wrong word kind of quirky uh,
0: well i preferred that i preferred like you kind of correctly put your finger on i preferred to be a generalist in fact even now today i'm am a generalist i i mean there's a lot a lot to be said obviously for people who really are deeply knowledgeable about it in one area and really dig in and um, which is wonderful you know journalism wouldn't be that without people who've got that kind of discipline but I've always preferred to kind of range broadly and tell stories wherever I happen to find them which you know I've always enjoyed doing still enjoy doing
1: today and 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 you were a wonderful storyteller Well, you were
0: too you are too Carl thank
1: you but I I think uh, you know I wish a lot of reporters could uh, you know they kind of grow up in whatever atmosphere they learn from Mm. Um, I was lucky enough to learn from know, people like John Toddle. Sure, of course. Superior storyteller. Yeah, yeah, just, and, and there's, there's a part of you in that ability, you know, you have to, uh, there's, there's your perspective on the world, which isn't Mm -hmm. to say you're biased left or right. Yeah, 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 that's right. You see different things. Yeah. And then the Mm -hmm. ability to um, work with a photographer to show Mm -hmm. those things and write those things. Yeah. um, Those abilities make just these unique storytelling uh, opportunities. And I think you just had so many of them.
0: Well, that's kind of you. But I mean, you you also pointed out something really important. That is that one thing that I've always enjoyed doing. You were very good at this and other, John Tuttle, other people who are good. You always kind of didn't, didn't just sort of slap the pictures on the story, but you you told the story through the pictures. And you let the pictures, I always said, let the tail wag the dog. If we've got a great picture, let's let the picture tell the story versus my bullying my way through a narrative and papering it with beryl. So um, yeah, that the people who tell the best stories on TV are those who kind of let the tail wag the dog. right?
1: And I believe that still goes on. Yes. Uh, I, I, yeah. it, just, it just is not the predominant way of telling yeah. news, especially yes. at the local level.
0: Yeah. Well, you have to work hard already. You have to, I mean, and as I know, and you know, nowadays, people, reporters, a lot more stressed and pressed, you know, to move on, move quickly. And to get the best pictures takes time. And, you know, you may have to wait for an hour or two or three to get the the shot you want. You know, that's, that's cost money. It costs time. So it's harder to do
1: now. Right. Yeah. And and you're being required by your job. uh, Absolutely. Shovel a beast. uh, Live tweet. Yep. Feed the beast.
0: Yeah. it's interesting you say, Carl, because um, you know Marilyn's still in the air at Channel 12, right? And she's a hardworking young lady. Um, she is producing far more content, content than I ever did. I recall when you and I, when I joined uh, a year or two later, we were all up in arms because we would have to do something—not just for the five o'clock, but maybe something for the noon, maybe two things per day. Well, now. Huh, I mean, my wife is just just feeding a beast between tweets and Facebook and multiple live shots, and multiple stories. It's a radically different world from the one you and I, you know, I, I, earned I, I, our wings I, at doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember that discussion in a union contract meeting mm. where uh, it was voiced that you know we earn more money because we're producing more stuff because they mm. added the four o'clock news. Mm, right, right, and, right. and you know, I guess that's logical. But mm-hmm. uh, basically, I looked at it as they're paying me to be here from. Mm-hmm. You know the eight hours with no lunch because we never yep. got lunch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They they're paying me to be here, and yep. I should be producing whatever yep. I can whenever yep. they need to. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, you know I There's mean,
0: always that push pull because reporters obviously want to tell great stories. In order to tell a great story, it takes a little more time. And and yeah. to, but to your but to your argument, yeah. I mean, companies hired me for X hours. I should do what they need me to do.
1: Right? Which which I think there there tended to be a balance if. If, if Walden Kirsch or Carl Flick was working on a story that we knew mm-hmm. uh, needed the time, yeah, needed the visual, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe you needed an extra day to edit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always felt like uh, it. I would, I would want to crank away if I was on the other side of that, mm-hmm. I want to crank out an extra V.O. bite or something. Sure. sure. To give my colleague yep. time to put together that, yep. uh, that Fair that's really going to distinguish us. Fair enough. Totally. And, agree. and, and we had, you know, we mentioned John, Pell, but, you know, John Canton,
0: uh, another excellent excellent reporter
1: would do that and um uh you know casey cowan when she was doing entertainment would put together some great things uh there, there were there were great storytellers all around
0: was it you or tim daly who ran into the wind devil down in the valley was that tim or was it, that was you that was a classic story one of my favorites of all time carl click sprinting through a wheat field or whatever it was at that point to get into a wind devil that was Classic. Right.
1: So now just what classic. you're done here, Walden, and I'm going to have to edit this conversation and put in a clip, <laughs> put in a clip from that story. You better. You it, better. It, exists, it exists on YouTube. Maybe I'll just put the list, uh, the, Good. Uh, the link. Put in it YouTube. in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was... And while you're
0: at it, while you're at it, since you mentioned Sean Tuttle, see if you can find the singing bridge that he and Milt Ritter did. That was another classic story.
1: All uh, right. Yes, singing is that, bridge, uh, you know that is, one, right? Is that on online on YouTube? You know?
0: Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, in fact, I think Milt published it, it posted at some point on YouTube. Yeah. You know the story. Yeah. I'm talking about the Hood River bridge. Oh, absolutely. I've watched yeah, yeah, that story yeah, a million yeah. times. Oh, yeah. also, also, and then I'll stop. Um, uh, see if you can find John Tuttle's piece on lambing season. Got
1: Remember it. Seen it.
0: All right. It. Okay. You can, yeah. you can b-roll part of our part of our conversation here.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm serious. I, I am the report. I was the reporter. I was because I got to work with John Tuttle. Yeah. Yeah. And other other people, Neil yeah. Rosenau, when I first got sure. here. Uh, sure. And you mentioned Milt Ritter, one of our photographers, yeah. uh, who Superior. was the artist yeah. uh, at, at Covering News. And, yeah. you know, we can go on. Tim yeah. Herman, uh, sure. Brian uh, Robertson, yep. uh, Kurt Austin, Kevin
0: Phelps, uh, Sarah Anaria. These are all great. Oh, God, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: and and I'll leave them all out. I leave some out because I just can't list how great yeah, yeah, they yeah. were at helping yeah uh tell, tell the stories that we told
0: you know that's a good point also and that is that um when we did our best work it was always and this isn't just a platitude or a hallmark card thing it was always a partnership between reporter and photographer um the best most successful stories and the most successful journalists reporters and photographers are the people who truly collaborated and wove the story together as a team
1: i i absolutely believe that and at, at some point i figured that out mm-hmm. uh, and i made it my mission mm-hmm that whenever anybody came up and said, Carl, what a great story. I was yep. I always yep. say, I yep. shot it with this person. Yep, Exactly. Because they they were, yep. if not 50%, yep. more, probably more capable or more uh, uh, behind the fact that it was it's, a good story.
0: It's funny you say a little bit of dirty laundry there for years. I liked to credit my photographers as part of my sign-off. Yep. Um, I felt it was important. Um, we had a news director whose name I won't necessarily need to mention, because I would figure out, who didn't like that, told me stop doing it. Don't mm-hmm. mention photographer. I don't know what he still knew that is. I kept doing it because I felt like you just said that the photographer was every bit as maybe arguably more important than 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 me in producing the final the final piece.
1: And and what I argued for, and I think I did it a few times, especially on 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 you know bigger pieces that were mm-hmm. uh, is uh, putting a chiron on the air that said oh, sure. photographer yeah. X Y Z exactly. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of that news director who'll go nameless. Uh, that that was one of the, the one uh, the one who the one who chased me out of the building. You mean? <laughs> uh, well, you think yeah, i don't know, I don't know if we're talking about the same person because we just got news directors. I'll we'll have to tell you about the one who chased me out of the building. But but let's start with the one that uh, that we as a union got fired. Uh,
0: yes, that was the one who chased me out of the building. Actually.
1: Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't doesn't need to be named. Uh, uh, I'm not even sure if uh, if we can be sued for people that are no longer with us. But, um, <laughs> I worked for I think I counted like seven or eight news directors over thirty some years. Yeah. Uh, but we had a, a couple of years there at KGW where uh, it was a hostile work environment because Indeed. of it was. because of the news yes. director who yeah. was um, yeah he was a big man he was boisterous he yep. was uh, he was I mean. Well, he was
0: a harasser, He was a harasser And the kind of thing, the kinds of things that today would be would be immediately, immediately cause for instant termination. People look the other way. Yeah. In retrospect, it's awful.
1: Terrible. And, 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 I mean, I don't know if he was men- is mentally unstable. Fair. Sure. Yeah. but uh, yeah. So um, a, a couple of things. Here's what I remember. Uh, yeah. He told uh, one of our, our a female reporter, a yeah. mom, yeah. uh, couldn't come into work because mm-hmm. her child was sick. Which is a legitimate uh, of use of sick time. Sure, of course. Uh, and he screamed out loud. He never said anything softly, you know, no, no, no. Yeah. He out loud I'm going to have to hire barren women from now on.
0: That <laughs> Yeah, it's astonishing how fa- how how far behind we were and how far we've come. I mean, today that's just laughably preposterous. But the fact that somebody could say that in a management position in front of a bunch of journalists would yeah. have been the nineteen nineties, yeah, early nineties. Yeah,
1: unbelievable, uh, astonishing, yeah. right? And the other one, which I think is the best one, uh, is because uh, something happened on a weekend that didn't yeah. go right. Somebody yeah. didn't make the right decision, and yeah. on weekends, you know. Skeletons crew, usually your younger producers who are not real yep. experienced. Yep. Uh, and I'll tell you, Bob Kearns was working on the desk, and Bob was an experienced journalist, good he, desk guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so Bob and this reporter made a, a producer made a decision about coverage, and it didn't go the way the news director wanted. Mm-hmm. And um, he spent the next day uh, typing out this like two page description of what had happened, why it was wrong, and all this yep. kind of stuff. Yep. Yep. And at the end, the last paragraph, and I had, I think I got rid of it, but I had a copy of it. It said, mm-hmm. so because of all this, I have no option but to take you out and shoot you. <sighs> that's exactly what he said. And, he, and, he, and, and I, I remember Walden, our union attorney, Gene Mechanic, yeah. read, read that. And I remember yeah. him looking at it going, I can't believe somebody took this out of the typewriter and went, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I want to say. <laughs>
0: Um, astonishing and yep, that went yep, on yep, over
1: yep. and over yep. i think we had a we had a, a kind of a secret union meeting mm-hmm. with yeah, the reporter yeah, the afternoon yeah, yeah. Uh, and the grievances of that from our lawyer lawyer went to the station yeah
0: yeah
1: they um uh, they made him go to some anger management mm-hmm. and he came back and it didn't work
0: yeah that's all right that's all
1: right <laughs> and um and then uh, he was eventually let go.
0: Yes, correct. Uh,
1: and I, I remember coming into the newsroom when that news had happened, and I just embraced you like—I <laughs> uh, mean, there were tears in my eyes because yeah, it's like an that. awful yeah. place to work. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, over the years, I, over the years, I, I think that we did have a very—we had some really bad apples, but we had a great bunch of people who we worked with, you know, teammates and colleagues and friends. Absolutely, so all good.
1: So, along the lines of the. Um, the things that uh you could do then but you can't do now oh, okay let's talk about your coverage of senator bob packwood oh
0: yeah sure yeah covered that whole that whole debacle yeah yeah i got became very good friends not with uh <laughs> both senator packwood and elon franklin who is the chief of staff and uh we eventually some you know as you recall the whole denouement of how that story progressed and unfolded so but Many years later, I ran into Elaine, who was his, you know, very aggressive and very highly competent, uh, you know, uh, Chief staff. minder. Chief yeah. staff. I ran into her on, on an airplane, not although some years later, and we had a very nice conversation. And yeah. it was like nothing had ever happened. And uh, <laughs> But things had happened.
1: <laughs> well, the story in the 90s was that uh, he was accused of, yes. uh, of uh, harass sexual harassment, inappropriate yes. yep. behavior exactly. by yep. many women yep. Yep. In, on his staff.
0: Uh, well, and also Oregonian reporter Bobby Ulrich, right?
1: Yeah, that was uh, the one who
0: she was going to sort of first disclose the ongoing issue. Right?
1: Uh, and I mean, and it was it was pretty aggressively and graphic mm-hmm. about yep. uh, grabbing yep. women. Yep. Uh, yep. Again, I don't know if we can be sued on a yep. podcast by uh, That's
0: matter of public record.
1: Senator Packwood's uh, estate, but um, uh, and, and forcefully kissing women. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, yep. And, and yep. So, I mean, we we covered the heck out of that. I think did he eventually get censured by the Senate?
0: Ooh, I should remember, but I don't, Carl. I'm sorry, I forgot how that how that resolved itself.
1: But but I do remember uh, at, at some point, you know, he was a DC guy. He very yeah. rarely at that time came back to Oregon because correct, it was, yes, um, yeah. not a, a great place for him to come. But yeah, but uh, I remember him coming back and having a a, a fundraising event or an event mm-hmm. where he was the speaker, mm-hmm. and both you and I were there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was such a big event. We took two reporters mm-hmm. and two candidates. Right, right. And I remember he. He called you out specifically.
0: I remember that. It was uncomfortable. I remember that. I did not feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he uh, pointed and yeah, he had some not less than charitable things to say yeah. in front of a large group of people. It was yeah, exactly. Lot. I mean,
1: very not unlike our former president who at, at yep, rallies yep, would point yep, to the press yep, and yep, say they're yep, doing that thing. Yep. Um, and uh, I was really proud of you uh, because you, I, I knew you were uncomfortable as hell. I mean, uh, to, you know, usually we're behind the scenes. And then here's this United States senator. Uh, yeah. Calling you out for basically reporting what was, as we yeah. learned, factual. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think he took issue with the fact that uh, maybe in one of your stories you said sexual uh, harassment, or and and he was he was only kissing people, and he didn't think kissing was mm. sexual or whatever. Yeah, yeah uh, I
0: didn't recall exactly what his beef was, but I remember that occasion. Yeah.
1: But I was proud of you, Walden, because y- you stood there. At, in a very uncomfortable situation, and you said, "Senator, I stand by my story." Hmm,
0: okay, well, I'm glad I said that. I don't recall that part. And, and I, thank think you. <laughs>
1: I think you, I think you, I think you had to say it a couple times because he wouldn't back down. Mm. Uh, but, I, but I mean, so I was, I was very proud of to be your colleague at that point because that's kind of you. Yeah, you know, and in and in in hindsight, uh, you know, those were accusations, but you know, they all turned out to be true, and I think there were settlements and all that. Kind yes, of, correct. Yeah, true, true. Um, But again, can you imagine any of that, even close to that behavior these days?
0: Uh, Yeah, being swept under the rug, no, no, no. That kind of behavior would immediately be surfaced and dealt with, yep, absolutely, yep. Times have changed in a good way, I have to say.
1: Uh, So now you gotta tell about getting chased out the newsroom.
0: Oh, so yeah, the same news director we were talking about. um, (laughs) He uh, wanted me to go do a story on something or other that I don't even recall the topic, but he wanted me to go to but go to uh, collect from in downtown Portland a bunch of MOS, man on the street, MOS, right? Well, I both love and hate MOS. MOS is okay for me to sprinkle in occasionally, but with man on the street, you can you can prove anything. You can get people to say anything you want, right? MOS to me is the cheapest thing a reporter can do because yeah,
1: if, if you had a if you had a news story and and you went out. You, you
0: want people angry? You can get a man. You want money? You know, you pick your. So anyway, I object.
1: I four interviews of people that are pissed off, and then you can say to the audience, "Look, the world's going. They hate it."
0: Exactly. To me, it's the cheapest. Anyway, so I didn't want to do a damn MOS story, but this new Gingrich said, I didn't "Go do an MOS story." So I said, "All right, fine. I'll go do an MOS story, MOS story." And I came back, and I put it on the air. And what I had done is, I went with my photographer down to the park blocks, and I interviewed nothing but bums out like on park benches, you know, drooling, drunk. Those—that was all the MOS. Just a bunch of you know, literally passed out bums on benches instead of man on the street. And the piece aired. And he, of course, didn't know that was going to be the story. And as soon as it aired, he came roaring out of his office, just beet red. He's a big guy and just started, just started thundering at me. And I saw what was coming. So I beat Fido that and he came chasing after me and he chased chased me out of the building. So our relationship was not a particularly good one.
1: How was the next day.
0: Uh, we had a chat in his office. That was, uh, as I recall, not also not particularly collegial. But not long afterwards, as you just pointed out, he went bye-bye. So
1: well, I, I may have told you story, this story before, and I'll share it because I think I think it's interesting. I I, uh, I might have been the reason he got fired. In fact, I think he might be. Um, you know, he had the first thing he did when he came. Uh, I hope people listen to this podcast. Enjoy this behind-the-scenes <laughs> news. I, I love it. The first thing he did when he came to our newsroom was he created a file cabinet and had a file with everybody's name. Oh yeah. And anytime you did anything wrong, like yeah. interview bums from yeah. NOS, yeah, 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 he would type out this thing and put it in your yeah. file. So he had yeah. leverage if he needed to get rid sure, of
0: it. Sure, sure. sure. Yeah, um,
1: sometimes those things would end up in your actual personnel file. Exactly right. So one day I went down to HR and uh, I just said, I want to look at my file because I'm not quite yeah. sure what this guys put in there. You're right. Uh, and sure enough, he went, I, I found something he put in there that I had actually explained with a, a rebuttal or hey, this is exactly what happened or whatever. Um, and that wasn't with his.
0: Mm-hmm. his yeah. Yeah. And I
1: said to the HR person, um, I said, uh, you know, I I refuted this. I have a letter of explanation and he, it's not in here. It should be in here. And she goes, yeah, you're right. It should be. Uh, so I'll, I'll go down and talk to him and get it. And I said, no. Don't you dare go down there mm. and talk to him and use my name. Right, because right. If right. you do. <laughs> There'll be another one. There'll be yeah. another letter in the file. Yeah. It, <laughs> and, and at that time, Walden, at that time, he had already yeah. was broaching the subject of taking me off the morning news. Uh, All right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He, he wanted to get me off. Yeah. And, and I know that if, if, if I was presented in that situation, I'd be on his list and I was gone. Yep. exactly. Uh, yeah. And I, so and anyway, so I said, do not do that. You do you do not know what we're going through down there in that newsroom, mm-hmm. with this guy. Right. And, right. and if you do this, this will happen. Yep. Well, guess what? Thirty minutes later, uh oh, <laughs> out of his office, I hear click. Get in here. Okay. So I walk in, and the oh, HR, lord. HR director is sitting there next to me. Oh lord. he's white as a ghost. Yeah. Because she had gone down there. Yeah. anyway, because she knew that was a violation of the company's policy and she needed mm-hmm. to fix it or wanted mm-hmm. to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he, and he just dramatically said, you know, Miss blah, 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 says, I don't want to say her name, said, uh, your, your your explanation is not in your file. And he turns around, and he grabs it and he goes here and he gives it to the woman, says, is that okay now? <laughs> so I, I left. Piece of
0: work. I think I'd call that like, guy a piece of work, right?
1: I left. I came back, he called me back in and started the motion of taking me off the news program. Mm. Uh, and I was devastated. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and then walking down the hallway, I passed her in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she, again, was whiter than a ghost. <laughs> uh, and I said, well, now you know what we go through every day. Mm-hmm. And because I knew he screwed her over big time. He needed to, you know, yeah. keep it in confidence uh and uh and and you remember what i told you would happen if you brought my name
0: it it's did happening. it's happening yeah.
1: Yeah. uh i think two days later he was fired because i think there he, we go uh, the okay. hr woman went up and said this guy is a time bomb yeah.
0: goes around comes around so yeah.
1: yep. yep 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 what i remember um i thought i thought this happened to you Remember when we had Oprah Winfrey as the lead-in to the news?
0: Of course, yeah. I remember remember Oprah in my ear every yeah. day at 4.59, yeah. Yeah. I,
1: I, I think, actually, we put her at 3 to 4, and then we had the 4 o'clock news or whatever. Yeah. yeah, So one of the strategies for that was whatever Oprah's story was, Yep. we need to have a local version of it Yep. yep. In, in, in the next newscast. In. So yep. for all the people watching Oprah saying, you know, if you're interested in this topic, Yep. Uh, Walden Kirsch is going to yep. explain how it works at OHSU or something like exactly.
0: that. Exactly. Yep. Remember that. Yeah.
1: We, we seriously called them the Oprah story. Yep. 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 Uh, and none of us liked doing them because. Oh,
0: they, none, no. All of us hated. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they were manufactured, you know. Yeah, it, yeah. We were only doing it because that was on her. Yeah. Day.
0: They were uh, contrived.
1: Yeah. And I, I thought that when you got assigned one once, uh, you did it begrudgingly. But you did it all MOS without your voice and a track. Oh,
0: that's, that's true. I didn't want my name on there. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah.
1: And uh, and <laughs> I, I, again, I, that's a creative way to get around. Uh, but I, I don't think that the, they were happy with that decision.
0: Either. I'm sure not. I'm sure not. I was pretty darn good at making news directors less than happy with me. But there we are. I survived. <laughs> wow. There was a wacky one speaking, of which I remember once, I don't recall who it was that assigned me to go do a story on Portland's murder rate going through the roof. And I said, well, wait a minute, it's actually not, it's actually going down. They said, oh, no, no, it, it's going up, murder rate's going up. I Said, well, no, actually look at the FBI numbers, the murder rate's going down.
1: He Said, no, no, it's going
0: up. So I said, all right, shit, I'll go to the story. And um, so I, I did, I'm a West, actually. I asked, stopped a bunch of people downtown and say, you know, show me with your hands, with your arm, which way you think the murder rate is going up. So I got a bunch of MOS. Going, and then I stand up, close in. I said, you know, actually, you know what? This is what's going on at the murder rate. That's all. And I close the story. And um, And you had stats to back it up. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, I had had the numbers. That also didn't endear me to the
1: guy who'd assigned me to go to the store and the murder rate going up. <laughs> uh, you know, getting back to those morning conversations. I yeah, think- yeah. I think you and I had a lot of conversations about numbers and statistics, and how, yes, and yes, journalism. We're we're not really good at uh, giving great perspective to numbers. In numeracy.
0: In numeracy is the term, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and cool. I remember, yeah. Uh, you know, I think there was a, a story that you know, um, uh, traffic accidents at a at a certain intersection mm-hmm. had gone mm-hmm. up by mm-hmm. you know five hundred percent. Yeah, and and over a year, and and the actual you know the statistic was. There were two one year, and there were ten now. Yeah, 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 five hundred percent. But <laughs> I mean,
0: there was uh, another one like that. Now that you mentioned it, Carl, this is a wacky one. Everybody, I kept, this would have been in the nineties sometime. There was some national report that came out that said Oregon's roads were the worst in the country by far, the worst bar none. I thought that's weird. Does that that, does that kind of jibe with our experience? Like we were like way worse than the than the worst state in the country. And everyone is all over it. And I thought, dad that, that this doesn't really make sense. That doesn't seem like reality. So I mean, I made a couple perfunctory calls to like the National Transportation Highway Administration, whoever's back east who who assembled these stats. And it turned out once they found the guy, the, the, the low-level peon who put together the spreadsheet, they just simply read across the chart wrong. And Oregon got confused in Nebraska or something. Yeah, it was just it was just wrong. Somebody read a chart wrong. So in fact, Oregon's not the worst birds in the country. It was somewhere right in the middle. But somebody had just not applied common sense to some numbers.
1: I, I had a similar story. I, um, uh, they, there was a national report from some group that yeah, uh, child welfare and Oregon was way down. Yeah. You know, they judged it on uh, um, uh, free meals at schools and daycare mm-hmm. opportunities and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and, and we were below, it was Portland, it wasn't Oregon, it was Portland, yeah. and yeah. we were below Metropolises like Detroit and yeah, right. things and it just didn't make sense to me. Right. Um, and I and I did some calling around and some checking. Yeah. Um, and I actually checked with the authors of the report. Yeah, uh, and I said, "These are our statistics." What? Do you, and they go, "Yeah, we made a mess. You know, that's we didn't do that right." <laughs> and, and here they are having they're having this press yeah. conference about this stuff. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and then I went to the you know I've been assigned the story. Yeah, and I, and I went to the producer. I said, you know. Uh, Hear the statistics, it's not right. And I just talked to people and they admit that they'd made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And the answer I got was I've, I've been assigned a full story, right? Right. right. Okay, just make it a VO bite.
0: <laughs> so for our non TV audience, VO bite is a shorter story. It's not a re- story that is a reporter narration and a stand up and a track. Yeah. It's a short
1: story. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's wrong, <laughs> well, but still report it. Here, but, but, <laughs> you know, oh. Just report it a little bit less, but still report it. So the story I did was, you know, was. Uh, this they put out this report and they admit they they made a mistake. Oh, good, good. You <laughs> you
0: gave it the right top, the right lead, right?
1: <laughs> um, so, uh, you got a you got a great opportunity when you left KGW. Did, were you leaving? Uh, Because you were done with TV news or were you leaving uh, because of what came to you? you Oh, oh,
0: it's a good question. So, I mean, I'd done the TV thing for 17 years. I mean, I had a blast. It was a great job. I mean, I was basically looked at as having paid to have fun despite the occasional boss problem. I was paid to have fun. I mean, I had a great gig. But at the same time, you know, I've been doing it for 17 years and I just thought it was time to try something different. And, um, uh, you know, I, I was, could do a pretty darn serviceable job five days a week and so on, so on. So, on. so anyway, this was right around the time of the um, of the Internet, the the uh, the Internet bubble inflating and everything was going crazy. So I thought, you know, let's, let's try something different. And um, so I started looking around real quietly and talked to a number of little companies around town and you know, had the interviews and so on. And then um, my friend, Larry, Larry Shoup, who, who we both know had actually gone over to Intel six months or so previously. And he um, really persuaded me, hey, this is a good opportunity to come run Intel's worldwide news organization. Um, so even though I've been looking at other little companies and I thought, well, I'll go to Intel for a, a year or so and then move on, obviously, didn't work out that way. Um, but I got a really good job and um, I'm still, you know, I'm still a reporter, I'm still a journalist. Obviously I work in a corporate environment instead of um, for for a a news outlet, but I'm still telling stories, covering the technology world. Um, I'm actually become a photographer as well as reporter. And I've got a great gig. I mean, I get to go, I travel all over the world and tell technology stories. I was in Africa and Israel not long ago. And so I have a very, I'm very lucky and Intel treats me
1: very nicely. Do you uh, piss off your bosses a little less than you did in- Actually, yes, I do. Because
0: unlike in the news business, the people I work with, in fact, my boss is a former editor and editor of the Oregonian, a great guy named Jerry Casey. Um, got a very good relationship with him. My previous boss is a great lady, Jan Dunham, uh, Jack Oman's uh, ex. <laughs> and so I've had a whole succession of really good, good bosses who really, in truth, really, in truth, have been more partners and friends and, you know, managers and bosses. Um, so it's it's a very good relationship, working relationship I have with both my peers and my nominal managers and bosses who were really partners more than anything else.
1: Yeah, so like you're uh, you're in charge of basically the in-house.
0: Yeah. So so Intel has you know 100,000 employees around the world, and Intel's got a PR uh, function, but also Intel runs for our 100,000 employees around the world a news a uh, news site, online news site. So um, myself and a bunch of other. Uh, folks, some of whom got journalism experience, like my my like Jerry Casey and we used to have a fellow who work work with us who was National Public Radio reporter. Uh, we, we we run a newsroom, we run a news organization and we cover the tech industry, we cover Intel um, in its various incarnations. We cover the competition, we cover where things are going for the tech industry. And um we run it as a news organization. We have news meetings every other day and you know I crank stories out and I got deadlines. It's the same thing, just mm-hmm. a little different environment. An audience that's predominantly our hundred thousand employees around the world, but a lot of the stuff which I produce also gets a move out externally as well so i get an external audience as well which is kind of important to me
1: and uh i think in some of our conversations you've been working for home for a little while but obviously working from home almost all the time now right
0: yeah yeah intel has told everybody who's not in a bunny suit not in the factory making chips stay at home so yes i've been working at home (laughs) since uh june plus or minus and uh, i'm looking forward to going back to work you know i miss the collegiality and the energy of being in a workplace yeah
1: but, but you still have that little uh, foot into the world of news because you're married to Marilyn Deutsch, who I am. Report, has been reporting at Channel 12 for more than 25 years.
0: Since since Dirt. Yep. She's so been there he, for a long
1: time. She gets to come home and tell you that, well, she's also working from home too, but yeah. No, no, no. She, no, she goes to work.
0: No, Marilyn goes to work every day. She's up at O dark 30 at three and she's out the door and she's out with the crew covering, you know, live shots and doing stories. And then yeah. comes back in around 11 o'clock or so and gets some sleep and then does the same thing the next day. So, yeah. So
1: you still get the stories of this happened in the newsroom. And- uh,
0: correct. Correct. I do. Which is fun,
1: which is fun. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, just lastly wrapping up here. Uh, does it, it hurts me so much uh, to hear the term "fake news." Having been a journalist, yes, uh, and and I was, I was not an investigative journalist. I wasn't doing some of the, the stories that you know. The, yeah,
0: but you took a job seriously. We all took our job seriously. I,
1: I was I was a journalist, and and I and I and I always hoped that I was supportive of of of, um, of that part of our job, which is the sure. most important part of our job. Um, and to go through the last few years of people not trusting, uh, it's terrible, journalism. it's awful. Uh, it, it, it pains me. And yeah. uh, I mean, I don't know how we can get back to a point. I yeah. mean, you should always look at some journalism with skepticism and with an open mind, yeah. with a critical thought. Sure. But dang, it's been a rough year.
0: Well, also just the whole, and it's, it's, it's one of the big lies, the, the big lie that somehow journalists, capital J journalists have some kind of a, a conspiracy or a, 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 a effort to, to, band together and do bad things it's just so damaging to our system i mean you know journalists like like doctors or lawyers or carpenters or dishwashers have you know some are good some are better than others obviously but the idea that the that, that journalists would somehow conspire to uh, to to do damage to, to other people in unison it's just it's 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 very it's damaging and we know who's caused that and that's it's really sad i agree hopefully
1: we'll recover yeah well if if there's if the information that's truth is damaging out there then it's our job to get it out. Well, of course, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully things will turn around, but obviously there's been a lot of damage in the last four years to the institution of the press, which our new president has said explicitly is a really
1: important part of our of our yeah. system. Don't you love his press secretary? I don't know if you've seen it. It's just- Sen yeah. Updates yeah. that happened every day- Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, with truth and class and- What a concept,
0: what a concept. Yeah.
1: A concept. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, Part of the problem is I don't think everybody is um, is adept at watching and realizing the difference between what is journalism and what is um, opinion and conversation mm-hmm. and analysis. Yeah, that's fair. And and I it's it I think we I think people obviously it's not going to go away because it's lucrative yeah. for those networks right. that that can have a panel of four or five people. Yeah, you know, yeah, but we need a, a general lesson in determining, okay, you can listen to that. Mm-hmm. That's opinion. Yep. One side or the other, but the journalism yeah. that that is based on that from the Washington Post and the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, and, you know, I look at some of those white house reporters and, and as soon as they say, I have sources saying X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. and it jives with what else we're learning. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I know what that means. I mean, I know that's journalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I trust those people because I've been there and you've been there. Yeah. Um, that's journalism. It's not uh, a, an, an opinion from a pontificator or from a talking head. And and it's so hard for most people to pick out X and Y.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's interesting to say, Carl, because I think actually there's been a munging... Uh, you know, especially among broadcasters, less so among print people, of news and opinion where a network is seen as being left-leaning or right-leaning because they tend to have opinion uh, opinion uh, uh, offerers, you know, pundits who are left or right. So that sort of, in the public's eye, bleeds into the news side. And what we, we know, for example, that Fox, for example, has, has, pr- has produced a number of you know critical stories and same thing on the other side of the spectrum. But the you know, broadcasters have become, sort of gotten into the opinion business more than they used to be in you know, a generation ago or so that probably hasn't helped.
1: No. Uh, well, those were the good old days, <laughs> which is our podcast, PDX Media Good Old Days. Uh, Walden, thanks for taking the time, my friend. Uh, it's been a I, pleasure. I, I value your, you know, we don't see each other as much as we used to, but I really value our time together. Uh, I learned a lot from you.
0: Likewise, Carl. Likewise.
1: And, uh, I have the utmost respect for, for you and your career and, and your friendship.
0: well, me too, Carl. Let's uh, let's hoist a beer or do a coffee social distance or or other distanced or other at some point
1: soon. Some soon. Thank you. Welcome. Okay.
0: Good. Thank you, Carl. Good talk to you.